You're listening to New Life Washington Podcast. We pray this sermon encourages you and builds up your faith. It's our goal to help you live so that no one misses the grace of God. Enjoy the sermon. As I was thinking about this week and as we turn the page into the new year, Uh, 2022. I know for many of us, it's New Year's resolution time, and we're kind of thinking through kind of what some of our goals are for the new year, what some of the things we want to accomplish, some of those things that we want to do. And in that vein, I began to think about our spiritual lives, and I began to think about what are some of the things that God might want for us. But as one of your pastors, I wanted to give you direction today about how to set those goals, how to make those New Year's resolutions, some things that maybe you should be thinking about as a Christian, uh, so that as you begin to walk in that direction, it'll help you to set goals the way that God would want you to set those goals. Because according to one study in 2021, some of the top goals uh, were doing more exercise or improving my fitness. That was the big one, right? And, uh, And that was the one that people focused on a lot. But there was other goals like lose weight, save money, improving my diet, pursuing a career ambition. And these were kind of the top goals that people had for 2021, according to a study. And as I thought about that, right, most of those goals are are self-focused. And I think a lot of times that's what goals are, right? We are self-focused on trying to figure out how we can improve ourselves. Is there anything wrong with self-improvement? I don't think so. I think we should constantly be driven to improve ourselves. We should constantly be driven. Uh, But with this motive in mind that I'm improving myself so that I could help others better, Like for me, this past year has been a year where I've transformed my fitness and my health. And the goal for that is not so that I could look better and dress better. The goal for that was from the heart of it that I wanna be a better dad, right? That, man, I've got two little ones, five and one, that I wanna serve with my life, that I wanna be able to run around after and, you know, play with. And man, they have so much energy and I didn't have the energy to keep up. And I knew I needed to do something when it came to my health, right? So, so the heart of that is not a self-interest uh, desire, a self-interest focus, but it's one that, to help others, right? And, and I think we should view our goals from that point of view, that we are thinking through the goals of, man, how is this going to help somebody else? This goal that I'm setting, maybe it is a financial goal, but the end goal is how can I become more financially stable so that I could help somebody else, How can I begin to view through those lens? So it's easy to view our goals through a lens of how is this going to benefit me? But, and I don't think that's wrong, but uh, I was thinking of a guy who called his parents one day and as he was talking to his parents, he began to ask his dad, hey dad, what's your New Year's resolution this year? And the dad said, well, my New Year's resolution is to make sure that your mom is happy all year round. Uh, Pretty good goal, right? I mean, ladies are like, yeah, I want a husband like that, you know? And uh, some, I see some nudging happening right now. Can you make that your New Year's resolution also, I see? But a few minutes later, he was talking to his mom as well. And he asked his mom, hey, what's your New Year's resolution? And she said, well, my New Year's resolution is to help your dad keep his New Year's resolution. Okay? And, uh, and so, so talking about self-interest here, right? We can easily go in that direction, right? Where we are, are self-interested in our goals. And our goals only, only exist for our happiness in our benefit. But this quote I want to read to you is one that helps me as I'm in this goal-setting process. And, and it's this, it's that God is pleased with and blesses goals that are motivated by your love for him and your love for others. So God is pleased with goals that are motivated by your love for him and your love for others. Those are the kind of goals that God blesses. Those are the kind of goals that God honors. Does that mean you shouldn't set any other goals? No. 
But what it does mean is we should filter our goals and our thinking through this lens of how is this going to benefit God? How is this going to benefit others? How is this going to help my relationship with him? How is this going to do that? So as you set your goals, it's important to set some goals that Jesus would actually get behind. That he would be like, okay, I, I like that, right? I, I, I just imagine you showing him, Jesus, your list of goals. I'm looking through those. I'm like, okay, six-pack abs. All right, I get it, you know? But where's the important stuff on here, right? Where's the stuff that is actually going to matter 20 years from now? Where's the stuff that's actually going to matter in eternity? Where, where, where's the stuff on here that actually is going to be important uh, at your funeral when they talk about you? Are they going to talk about six-pack abs? Or are they going to talk about the kind of father, the kind of mother, the kind of friend you were, the kind of Christian that you were? Set some goals that actually matter, that are actually going to matter long term. So Jesus would say, I'm glad six-pack abs are a part of your agenda, but let's think a little bit broader than that. Let's think a little bit more specific than that. And I came across this text from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. And it's regarding two women named Martha and Mary. And it's a story you guys have heard uh, if you've been in church for a little while. And if you haven't, that's, that's okay. It's a, it's a story that resembles us quite a bit. And so we're going to begin to read there in verse 38 of Luke chapter 10. It says this. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And there's this exclamation point there. Tell her to help me. And uh, as I was thinking about that story, I want you just to put yourself in that story. I want you to put yourself in the shoes of Martha and Mary and Jesus as this is happening. And, and Jesus is out and Martha sees him and says, hey, come, you need some rest. So why don't you come to our house? We'll take care of you for a little bit. We'll make sure that a meal's provided for you. We'll make sure that you get some, some rest. And as Jesus comes in the house, she begins to prepare. She begins to get some things ready. But the whole time it says that she is distracted. And what is she distracted by? She's distracted by doing. She's distracted by her list of to-dos, things she needs to do. But on the other hand, her sister is taking Jesus in for all that he is. She is just sitting there gazing at him. She's just sitting there listening to every word he says and taking it in. That is what is happening in this moment. There's two ladies, one who is busy running around trying to prepare everything. And there's one that is just sitting and taking it in when it comes to Jesus. So, so Jesus says this, you know, anytime Jesus says your name twice, uh, be, be weary of that, okay? Martha, Martha. It just means he's trying to teach us a lesson. He's just trying to teach us something, right? So Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So what is Jesus saying here? He's saying, hey, um, I understand you've got some things you're doing, you're distracted and you have a lot of worries and a lot of anxiety that you're dealing with here, but, but your sister's actually choosing the right thing. She's sitting at my feet. She's spending time with me. 
She's connecting with me. She's working on her relationship with me. It's not about the to-do list right now. It's about spending time with me and your sister is choosing what is right. As I was thinking about that text, I thought it was just a, a beautiful text because it represents us so well that we can have our checklist so full that we don't have any time for Jesus. That we can have our to-do list, our things that we have, our agendas, and man, our schedule is so jam-packed full and it stresses our lives out. And I love the phrase that Jesus uses. He says, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. And I could say the same to many of us that our schedules are so jam-packed full, our to-do lists are so jam-packed full that we are worried and upset about many things. That there's a stress on our lives that shouldn't be there. And it's because we're not doing the one thing that Jesus wants us to do. And that's to sit at his feet at times. Because when we sit at his feet, the anxiety begins to come off of us. When we sit at his feet, he refreshes us. When we sit at his feet, amazing things begin to take place in our heart that can't be done any other way than simply sitting at his feet, getting to know him, having a relationship with him. Something supernatural happens every time you sit at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus is telling her here, hey, you're stressed and worried about many things, but your sister is actually doing what she should be doing right here. And Jesus is aware that there's lots of things that can grab your attention. And in 2022, there's going to be a lot of those things. And, and I think what I'm trying to say here is that I hope that in 2022, you prioritize your relationship with Jesus above all else. That you prioritize spending time with him above all else. Let me say, there's still things that need to be done. Right? There's still a checklist, there's still an agenda, there's still a list of things that need to be done. But if you put Jesus at the front of that list, it makes the rest of that list so much easier and you can tackle it from a strength that comes from him and not from you. It's a different perspective here, but coming at it from that angle is so, so important. So I want us to remember what I said when we were talking about goals that God is pleased with and blesses goals that are motivated by your love for him and your love for others. And it's easy for us to take our model of goal setting from this world, but Jesus begins to define what he really wants from us. And that's for us to spend time focused on him and focused on others. So do some of your goals that you have this year reflect that? Are some of your goals this year as you begin to set them reflective of a person who wants a stronger relationship with Jesus? Are they reflective of somebody who wants to be close with him, who wants to be tight with him? And, and let me say this, let's not overcomplicate it. We don't have to have a fancy line, a fancy word for this. Let's just say this, that in 2022, our goal is to stay close to Jesus. In 2022, one of our main goals is to stay close to Jesus. How do we do that? How do we accomplish that? How do we make that happen? Well, I think first off, let's, let's keep it very simple. As I said, it's the day after Christmas. So very simple. We got to talk to him if we want to stay close to him. We got to talk to him if we want to stay close to him. And one of the priorities this year should be prayer. Because prayer is how we stay close. You say, Jesse, but I'm not very good at prayer. 
I'm not very good at it because I don't know all the fancy words. I don't know all the ways that you should pray and all this stuff. And let me just tell you, throw all that stuff out the window, okay? Throw all that fancy word stuff out the window. What prayer is about is about relationship. And I've, if I've sat with you and had a 30-minute conversation, I know you know how to do that. You know how to talk. You know how to have a conversation. So that means that you know how to pray. Because all prayer is, is having conversation with the Lord. It's sitting at his feet and not only talking to him, but hearing from him as well. So it looks like conversation. And you don't have to use big church words to pray. You don't have to know them. You don't have to go, you know, you don't have to go all biblical and use the King James Version if you're going to pray and use the these and nows. You can say, Jesus, I'm having a hard day today and I need your help. Would you strengthen me? Would you help me with the things that I'm dealing with today? Man, that's conversation. And Jesus loves that. I don't make my kids approach me in a certain way. I don't make my kids have conversations with me that have to start with a certain phrase. They can just say, Daddy. They can just run at any time because they're my kids and that's God's desire for you. He wants you to come as you are. He wants you to come at any time, at any moment, in any way, in any mood that you're in and have a conversation with him. So would you prioritize that this year? to have regular conversation with the Lord, to spend time talking to him. And I think it's important that we schedule it and that we don't just focus on the scheduling parts, right? Because relationships are good. Yes, there's, there's those moments that you need to schedule time in those relationships that are important to you. But there's also moments that just come off the cuff when you're driving around and you're by yourself and you're talking to the Lord as you drive. When you're at home and you're washing the dishes and you're talking to the Lord as you wash the dishes, there's those moments when you talk to the Lord as you go, but you can also schedule those times as well. You know, sometimes with, when it comes to spiritual habits, I think it's important to set a time, but it's also important that maybe you schedule a place that you do these things. Somebody was telling me this week that one of the ways that they pray the most is in their drive to work every morning. They say, you know what, when I get in that car to drive to work, I'm going to make sure that I spend time praying that I spend some time praying for some key things. And I know that every time I get in the car, that it's my prayer time. And I think that's a great way to do it, right? You're setting habits in such a way that says, every time I get in here, I'm going to pray. And that helps you to keep those habits going. I, I think the other habit is to, is, to, is to take it small, take a bite size, take it bite size. So what I mean by that is rather than saying, I'm gonna pray for an hour in 2022 every single day, you say, you know what, I'm gonna start my day by praying for five minutes. I'm gonna start my day and I'm gonna pray for five minutes because when you set a small goal, it sets you up for that number to increase. It sets you up to say, you know what, I accomplished that. Five minutes is easy. I'm gonna up it now to 10 minutes. I'm gonna up it now. And, and sometimes, you know what happens with me? The five minutes turns into 30 minutes before I even realize it, you know? And, and it's just you saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to prioritize this every single day. So we talk to him, we stay close. When we talk to him, we stay close. Not only that, but when we sing to him, we stay close. And let me tell you, I've heard some of you sing, myself included, 
And let me tell you, it's a joyful noise to the Lord, okay? It's a joyful noise to the Lord. You, you sing, and the Lord loves it. Whether you, whether you sing good or not, he loves it. And I think singing to him, it does something to our hearts. Because what singing to him does, let's just think about some of the songs that we sang today even. And as you leave this place, and you continue, hopefully, in your heads to sing those songs, what it does is it brings peace to your life. It brings peace to your life. It helps you to remember what's important. It helps you to remember. It gives you a song to sing, and, uh, and it keeps something in your head that is positive, that is worshipful. And I think that's what we need. So singing is important. Well, Jesse, how do you do that? Well, for me, that's where the car time comes in. When I get in that car, I know there's gonna be a worship song playing, and I know I'm gonna spend some time worshiping the Lord. And some of my greatest worship times have not happened in a service. They've happened in my car. So if you've ever seen me crying in my car at a stoplight, right, worshiping the Lord, hands raised, right? Don't worry about me. It's all good. It's just having some worship time. The next thing is when we read the Bible, we stay, we stay close to Jesus. It enables us to stay close to Jesus. And that is one form. And I think this is one of the areas that we struggle with most as Christians, right? Like, man, how do I get into the Bible regularly? For one, uh, we're used to reading it and not understanding it, or we have a translation like the King James Version, right? That is just like, man, this is going nowhere. I don't understand a word of this. So I would say get a translation that you understand. New Living Translation is one that I recommend to new Christians a lot. It's one that I recommend uh, because it's easier to understand and it is a good translation, right? They've done a good job with that. And, uh, and so the New Living Translation is one that you can go after and begin to read. And just like I said with prayer, set a goal for yourself to say, you know what, I'm going to read one chapter a day. I'm gonna read for five minutes every single day. That's it. If you're starting new, it's important to start with baby steps. Don't say, hey, I'm gonna read the whole Bible in a month. I'm gonna read the whole Bible in six months, right? Just start small and begin to take those baby steps. That way you can say, and I've read the Bible every single day this week for five minutes. And those numbers continue to grow. And there's times when I start with five minutes and once again, it turns into 30 minutes uh, because you just get so into it. And that's what I would recommend to you, that you start small, but these are the things, the building blocks that are gonna help you to stay close to Jesus, to worship him, to pray to him, to spend time reading the Bible so you can get to know him through his word. And then I think the last one is to slow down to be with Jesus. And we talked about this months back when we did our Sabbath series, that it's important for us to slow down. It's important for us just to take breaks and take pauses at times, to refocus our mind. And you know what needed to happen on that day with Martha and Mary? Martha needed to take a pause and sit at the feet of Jesus for a little bit. She could have continued doing what she needed to do, but just in that moment, as she was feeling anxious and she was feeling stretched and frustrated, she should have taken a pause and sat at the feet of Jesus. And one of the ways for us to stay close to Jesus is to take some pauses throughout our day to refresh ourselves, to regroup, to get reconnected, to take some pauses, to do those things. So in 2022, our goal is to stay close to Jesus. Very simple, some very simple ways to do that. But man, if we made this a priority every single day of our lives, I'm telling you, we would be different from the inside out 
And not only that, but as you see, as I'm about to talk next, that as a byproduct of that, our world would be different. If we have people who are spending time with Jesus every single day, it's going to have an impact on our world because they're gonna begin to be used by him in significant ways. So as we continue here, do you have some goals this year that involve loving others well? Because that's who Jesus wants us to be, the kind of people that love others well. In John 13, verses 34 and 35, Jesus says these words. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. That bar is pretty high there, right? To love others as I have loved you. Jesus has loved us very, very well. And he's asking us here to love others in the same way. Well, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And and let me say this real quick. You can't do this without the first thing that I talked about. You can't love others the way that Jesus loves them unless you're staying close to Jesus in relationship. You don't have the ability to do that by yourself. It's through a relationship with Jesus Christ that you can love others well. It's through a relationship with him that is ongoing that you have the love that can overflow out of you. So we can't love others well without first sitting at the feet of Jesus. So how do we do that? How do we love others well? I think the first thing, some habits for this is is to, we love others well by being in community with them. By being in community with them is how we are to love others well. And this has a dual purpose. It blesses others and it blesses us. And you say, Jesse, what does that mean to be in community with people? Well, for us in the context of church, that looks like a small group. That looks like you being a part of a small group of people Sometimes it's hard to get to know people on a deeper level in here because we're worshiping and then we're having a sermon together. And then, um, so it's hard to have those deep conversations, right? It's hard to have that conversation with others, but in a small group, you get to do that. You get to develop a deeper community with others as you get to know each other. And that helps you to learn how to love others because in that small group, there's gonna be somebody that's gonna annoy you. Let me just be honest, right? He's like, oh, we don't, we don't get along too well. And that's normal. You're not going to get along with everybody in the whole world. And that's why community is so important. It teaches you how to get along with people the way God would want you to get along with them. People who are different than you. People who, uh, who have different belief systems than you. People who have different politics than you, right? That you're in the same group with them, rubbing shoulders and annoying each other. And it teaches you how to love people better. It teaches you how to love people the way that Jesus wants you to love them. So it blesses others when you're in community with them and it blesses you as well. Not only that, but but we we love others by serving them and being generous to them. So one of the ideas this year is that as we spend time being close to Jesus, that we take a a turn and we say, you know what, Um, I exist to help and to bless others the way that Jesus would want me to. So this year, my antennas are up to needs in my community, needs in my neighborhood, needs at my work, needs at my school, needs at my, you know, you, you name it, everywhere you go throughout the week, Jim, that my antennas are up as to how I can be a blessing to others. My antennas are up as to how I can encourage people. My antennas are up for needs so that I can step in and be the hands and feet of Jesus in those areas. 
And I think that's the next step, right? That it's not enough for us just to stay close to Jesus and exist on our own. But next step, Jesus wants us to use our relationship with him and the overflow of that to bless somebody else. So ways that we can be generous, ways that we can love others, ways that we can encourage others, ways that we can help others, that we can reflect Jesus well is so, so important. But the last one here, we love others by inviting them into a relationship with Jesus. Say, so Jesse, what does that look like? Well, it looks like you telling them your testimony. Say, so Jesse, what in the world, that, that's a church word, testimony. All testimony is, is telling Jesus, is telling people what Jesus has done in your life, how he's impacted your life, how he's changed your life. It's telling people plainly what that is. For me, I would say that years ago, as a sophomore in college, that I had this moment as a, as a drunk 20, 19-year-old kid where I said, Lord, my life is a mess and I don't know how I'm gonna make it out of this. I don't know how I'm gonna dig myself out of the hole that I gotten myself into. Lord, would you help me? And God began to show up in my life and he began to string together some opportunities and some relationships with people that led me into a deep relationship with Jesus that led me to Bible school, that led me to transformation, that led me to where I'm at today. And it all started with a simple prayer, Jesus, would you help me? Would you come into my life and pull me out of the mess that I've gotten myself into? Right, and that's how you share your testimony, just in a brief way. And people are gonna ask what's different about you if you are doing what we talked about. If you're spending time with him, they're gonna ask, man, what is different about, why, why, are you, why do you live your life in this way? and you get to share your testimony with them. It's simple, right? Another way that you can do what we're talking about, loving others by inviting them into a relationship with Jesus is by inviting them to church. And my hope that in 2022, all of us would invite a whole lot of people to church. And the reason for that is because I believe Jesus is something that this world desperately needs. A relationship with him is something that this world needs. And by inviting them to church, you're giving people an opportunity to be invited into a relationship with Jesus. So yes, you can do the invitation, but also you can bring them to church and we can do the invitation. And both of those, I believe, are so, so important. So friends, these are some things that we can do in 2022 to make sure that we are setting the right kind of goals, right? To, to be close to Jesus and to look for ways to bless others this year. Keeping it very simple, but let's build that as the foundation of our goals for this year. And then we can add stuff like six-pack abs and things like that, okay? Everybody good with that? Yeah, I think so. If God is pleased by our efforts to love him and to love others, then let's love him well in 2022. If we could sum it up in one goal, let's love Jesus well in 2022. How does that sound? Let's do it well as a church. Let's do it well as individuals. Let's be who God has called us to be and let's love him well in relationship. Thanks for listening. For more information about New Life Washington, check out our website at newlifeonline.org. God bless.